Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you feeling burnt out as a mom? Are you frustrated by all the ways you're supposed to be? By all the things you should be doing as a mom? And how all these ideals have left little time or space for you to be you? You are not a bad mom for struggling with these feelings. In fact, if you want to be an even better mom, you need to make room for you in your motherhood. How? Well, it's time to simplify. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you like this podcast, then you'll love my foundational course on identity called Finding Me. Moms of all ages and seasons seem to struggle owning what they want and need. This course will help you refine both so you can better bring you to your motherhood, regardless of what stage you're in. You can enroll in Finding Me at aboutprogress.com slash finding me. Before I became a mom, I thought I knew what motherhood was supposed to look like. 
Once I actually became a mom, I quickly found that I didn't even come close to that Mary Poppins ideal I had so long envisioned. But I kept trying. I thought I just had to do more to reach those ideals. I tried to sacrifice all of me so that I could finally be that good mom I wanted to be. After a few years, those ideals were not only still unfulfilled, but I found myself very unfulfilled too. I knew something had to change, but I also felt a lot of fear. What would happen if I put those shoulds aside? What would happen if I simplified and moved away from the ideals that felt both unrealistic and yet the only metric I had for success as a mom? Maybe you're in the same place, or maybe you're not a mom right now, or your kids are out of the home, but you still feel lost in the unmet ideals of your life. Today, you'll hear from one of my dearest friends and a fellow podcaster, Rachel Nielsen. You will likely know her as the host of 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast. And like me, years ago, Rachel met a crossing point in her motherhood. Would she continue to chase the idealized shoulds in motherhood, the supposed tos that led to her feeling both lost and burnout? Or would she learn how to simplify, to weed out what no longer belonged in her motherhood and instead make room to be herself in motherhood? Fortunately for both herself and for us, Rachel chose the latter. You'll learn from Rachel how stepping back from the ideals and prioritizing instead your support and fulfillment will not only help you thrive better as a mom, but help your family thrive better too. And since we are all about progress made practical here, Rachel will share tons of doable ways you can simplify away the ideals to make more room to be you in motherhood. Welcome to About Progress again, Rachel Nielsen. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a real treat getting to talk to one of my best friends on her podcast. So pretty fun. Well, that makes me feel good. So Rachel, we have become really good friends, but also I have learned a tremendous amount from you over the years, not only just how to be a good friend, because you are a phenomenal person to be a friend with. And I hope people know that, but also just how you show up to your life and how you are so authentically you, and that has translated to all areas of your life, including motherhood. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I think resonates with what women are facing right now. They're just spread so thin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And we're just overwhelmed by expectations and shoulds and what it means to be a quote unquote good mom and how these unrealistic expectations just set us up for failure because either we do it all and we have achieved that status as being a good mom, or we feel like we do nothing. And it means we're nothing. What in the past have you been so spread thin as a mom? And how did that get in the way of you being able to show up to motherhood as you? Yeah. Well, I think in my early motherhood, I had a lot of preconceived notions about 
what motherhood would be like, as well as what I would be like as a mother. And I had sort of dreamed about how I would be this mom that loved being home with my kids, that planned all these creative adventures all the time, that savored every moment and snuggled. And part of that is because I went through infertility to get my babies. And so I just, this long battle, and I had really romanticized during that long battle, what it would Mm. be like. And a lot other parts of it might be, you know, the religious culture that I grew up in that really honors motherhood, which is a great thing. But I had taken that to mean that I would need to be like the quintessential perfect nurturing mother, whatever that even means. And so in my first few years of motherhood, I'd say probably my first five years or so, I was trying to meet an ideal that wasn't me. Like you said, my unique gifts, my interests weren't being used daily in motherhood because I was squashing some of those things. Yeah. um, Thinking that they weren't like righteous enough or good enough to be a good mom. And it was after about five years that I was super depressed Hmm. and didn't like motherhood, didn't like myself. I loved my kids, but I didn't love any of the rest of it. And I just realized something's got to change and I've got to bring myself back into my motherhood and simplify and declutter my life, like cut out all the stuff from my life that doesn't fit me and make room for me again and my unique gifts and talents. Hmm. As you were speaking, I was thinking about how we set women up to fail as moms because motherhood is both romanticized and idealized. Oh yeah. Right. In ways. Yeah. It's impossible. It's just impossible to meet those extremes. Mm -hmm. So like you said, you, you learned how to, to stop and to declutter and to simplify and how that started with you and, and also bled to other things in your life. Like maybe how you managed your household, what you, how you chose to do different things as with your kids. I mean, how did, how did that play out? Let's go into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I mean, interestingly that I was like aching to do was start a podcast. Yeah. I wanted to teach. I had been a high school English teacher before, and I really missed that part of, of me. I was feeling a call to like work. I wanted to work. I just was so resistant to the idea of working as a mom outside of the home. And so I sort of allowed myself to pursue it because it was a hobby. And then over time it's grown and it's become a business and my work. And guess what? I have never been happier. And my family and my kids have never been happier. This thing that I was so afraid would harm my motherhood has only blessed my motherhood and has given me life and vibrancy and joy back. But that did mean that I had to make some decisions of what I was going to let go of some of the expectations of myself, of the Mm -hmm. type of mom I was going to be, as well as some like actual day-to-day life things that I decided to let go of and delegate. I am so glad that I decluttered the shoulds from my life. Yes. so that I could add in some stuff that really fit me that I really loved. And it's made all the difference. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you spoke to that fear because I think we all do that. It's not even just if we decided to go back to work or to go to school, even if it's something as simple as taking a walk for ourselves, you know, not making a homemade lunch or a dinner 
or leaving laundry unfolded and just taking 10 minutes to read a book. Like even down to the small ways, I see this with women all the time. We are afraid that if we thrive, that comes at the sacrifice of our families thriving. Mm -hmm. And you've discovered the reverse is true. And so have I. And even though our podcasts are for different purposes, yours are more about motherhood and mine are more about self-development. We actually cross over in the same way of helping moms learn how to thrive so that everything and everyone around them can also thrive too. Yes, absolutely. And I think we both had a very similar experience where when we allowed this love and gift for teaching that we both have back Mm -hmm. into our lives, it gave us so much back that was missing when our lives were too packed with other things that we weren't allowing ourselves to do these things that were really important to us. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we're going to say you can always start so small, just start by so small, take that, take that walk, leave the laundry and done to make room for yourself. You need to let go of some things. You need to declutter the shoulds. You need to simplify your life. And that's where I want to spend the rest of our conversation is helping women learn how to do that. Because a big part of putting yourself back on your list to prioritize yourself again is letting go of things that you have on your list right now. And that's hard for women to do. So before we dig into some practical ways they can do that, it seems like the best way to start is getting really clear about what you want, like what your values are. Any advice on that? Because you've taught about this for years in your declutter, your motherhood workshop, which is phenomenal. So where do you suggest women start to get that clarity before they go into the, let's take this off the list. Like nuts and bolts of decluttering their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, first of all, I want to say that you, you are the reason that workshop exists because you invited me to speak at an event that you did. And then it grew, like I expanded it out into this full-blown workshop and it all started with you inviting me to speak on this. So thank you for that. That makes me so happy. But honestly, that's where I sat in awe. I sat in awe the entire time. I learned so much. So I'm so excited to hear that. Well, the metaphor that I brought that day that I have since expanded out was decluttering your life like it is a closet. And the reason why that was on my mind so heavily is I had just weeks before had a friend come to my home who was a professional organizer and she helped me go through and organize all of my physical belongings. We did every drawer, closet and counter. It was amazing. And I just realized that so many of the principles that she was teaching me about organizing a physical space could apply to organizing a mental space or an emotional space. And Mm -hmm. so I brought that to to the workshop that you put on and taught the ladies that the first step to organizing a physical space is to take everything out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you are organizing a closet or you are organizing your freezer or a drawer, you, you have to take everything out to get clear on what's even in there and to sort through it to decide what you want to put back in. And prior to this experience organizing with my friend, every time that I had organized my closet, I had just sort of thumbed through and thought, well, I think I still wear that. I like that still. I had never had the experience of taking it all out, laying it across the bed and consciously deciding what I chose to put back in, 
what deserved to go back in because I loved it. Hmm. It sparked joy for me. It fit me well still. And it was just a much more conscious process. And so my first step I would recommend to women is to take a really good inventory of your life and clear it out of the closet, basically write it all down. So it, you have it in front of you, a giant list of everything that you're doing. And then also maybe a list of everything that you think you should be doing, hmm. because all of that is juggling around in your head. It's junk in your head. It's clutter. Whether or not you even consciously realize what's in your closet, you will, once you get it all out on paper and you look at it, that's when you can start making some decisions about what you actually want in your life and what shoulds are actually your true desires that you want to continue to pursue and what you could maybe let go of. So that would be, I think, my first step for women that are in this place where they're really wanting to simplify is take inventory and make a big brain dump of everything that's in your mind right now. I think it would be super enlightening to do that and also kind of overwhelming because you realize, oh, not only is this how I spend my time, this is the mental weight that is on me at all times. Yes. And even down to remembering that one child needs a new pair of shoes and carrying the mental weight around of knowing when you need to do that or clean out their clothes or exchange them for a different season. It's just like crazy. How much is in there? It's so much stuff. So when women do that, they've probably find a lot of, wow, like what am I doing so much, but they also find a lot of, wow, why am I doing that? Yeah, totally. So you have to ask yourself some questions when you look at these lists and these lists might take a while for you to really curate. I mean, you can do an initial brain dump, but then I'm guessing you're going to be adding, you know, throughout the week and, and then maybe at the end of the week, you sit down and you look at them and you ask yourself those questions of why is this in here? Is it because I actually want it because it fits me or is it because it was given to me? I inherited it from my family of origin, my religious culture, my friend group, social media, my culture, all these things that have made me feel like this is what a good mother does that I've sort of put on the shelf in my closet. And I need to decide whether or not I want those things in my closet having that introspection time and realizing where things come from helps you to decide what you want to keep and what you want to let go of. And I actually might probably one of my very favorite episodes on your show you've ever done Monica is the one you did with Dr. Julie Hanks. And she talked about a very similar thing. It was episode 253 on your show. And she said she takes, she makes three columns, the should that she's feeling the origin of the should, where did that come from? Was it from the example of my mother, from my religion, from my friends, whatever. And then the third column, what do I want to Mm. believe about this should? And so you're kind of separating those things out and then you can make some conscious decisions about, okay, now that I know this information, what am I going to cut out of my life and how? And that's where we start to get really practical about, cause it's easy to be like, oh, well, I don't want to do this or that. And I'm just going to cut them all out of my life. But that's not how life really works. You know, a lot yeah. of times it takes a little bit more finessing or we have responsibilities that we can't just like let go of because we don't want to do them anymore. So that's where we can get more practical with it. Yeah. I really think a lot of women who, who feel like they go in that crash and burn place. And I think many of us have been there many times 
is because they're afraid of cutting things out, but that's also because they haven't gone through this process. It's almost scary to even go there, to Mm -hmm. see it all laid out, to see the sheer weight of what you're carrying around. And it's scary to to have to make decisions about it, to actually have to know what do I want. That's hard for a lot of us. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I had a moment recently, I was carrying a whole bunch of packages and I kept dropping them. Hmm. And I thought, okay, there's a few things I can do with these packages right now. I can either put some of them down so that I can continue carrying the ones that I have, or I can ask someone to help me carry these, or I can get like a big bag or box or something and put them all in that and carry that. And I was like, oh, this is exactly like my life as a woman. Like if I have too much, I can either put some of it down. I can ask someone to help me or I can systematize my life better so that these things all fit in a system like the box or the big bag. But I can't just continue trying to carry 55 packages that are falling off and expect that, you know, I'm going to make it to the post office. Like that just doesn't work. And yet as women, that's what we are often doing is we're thinking like, I can, I can get there. I'm sure I can, if I just keep juggling these boxes, but then we collapse and all the boxes collapse on top of us, you know? Yeah. That's the perfect analogy. Also just because, you know, the packages fall down. I mean, that's your responsibilities. A lot of us think if I, if I take things off my list, then my responsibilities will suffer, but no, the reverse is true. And you're trying to do it all. Yes. They all will suffer too. So you're giving a gift by letting things go. You're being able to give more. Next up, you'll hear Rachel share a lot more practical ways that you can take action on simplifying. But first, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. I like how you gave those filter questions. What can you put down? How can you ask for help? And what can you systemize? Let's hear examples on this. How has this translated for you or maybe some of the other women who have attended your workshop? I like to give women a bit of a script for if they want to put things down, because I think that that is really hard for us as women. Mm. But one thing that I found is just having like a heartfelt script of going to somebody and saying, I'm no longer going to be able to do this thing. So let's say you you realize you don't want to be on the PTA anymore, or it just doesn't fit in your life. And I feel like the PTA is such like a stereotypical example, but apply that to anything in your life that you realize you don't have the bandwidth for anymore. I would approach that person who's in charge of you. Maybe it's someone you work with in some capacity and say, I've been taking inventory of my life lately and I'm not going to be able to continue this responsibility, or my family has some additional needs right now, or I have some additional needs right now, however you want to word it and say, this is when I will be stopping. And unless it's like a, Hmm. you know, complete emergency, you can usually give people a couple weeks or a month or whatever you want to do. And there's been a lot of women that have done my workshops that have told me that they have gotten up the courage and had the conversation or sent the email that they wanted to put something down. And that nine times out of 10, people are super respectful and understanding. And they recognize that family and mental wellness comes first. Hmm. And so if you want to put something down, I think that's a good practical kind of script to use 
for that. I need the words to share also because as you know, as my friend, I'm an over explainer, also Mm. a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you have to go really deep and give all the reasonings and, and then try to like apologize constantly. So a script is really helpful. Asking for help is also equally hard to do. Like, I feel like we need a script for that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. Asking for help is really hard to do. And yes, I have a good script. And this one comes from Sarah Dean, who is our mutual friend from the Shameless Mom Academy. And one thing that I heard Sarah say was she said, ask for support, not permission. And Mm. that has stayed with me. So she said, when you are asking for help, um, especially if it's from somebody within your family system, I'm thinking specifically about a partner who carries as much responsibility as you do for the family to run well. And yet sometimes we feel bad asking for that help. She said to phrase it as an, as a request for support, not permission. So that would look going to your partner and saying, I really need some alone time to go for a run or call my sister or write in my journal, whatever it might be. Would you rather that I do that right after you get home from work or after the kids are in bed? So you're not saying, can I, you're saying I'm going to, and how can you support me? Or another way you could say that is, okay, right now we need the kitchen cleaned up and the kids put to bed, which would you rather do? I don't mean this at all in like a domineering bossy way, but it's just a way of not asking or begging mission or help. It's more of saying this is happening and (laughs) gently, but how, you know, I want to accommodate your needs too. And that's something else that I add sometimes to my husband when I go to him, as I say, like on Sundays, I'll say, I'd like some time to write my journal today. I'm guessing you would like some time to yourself today. How can we make that work? So you're not just saying only my needs matter. You know, you're saying Mm -hmm. your needs matter too. And I want to support you. So how can we help each other? How can we make that work? And that might look like making a giant list at the beginning of the week of everything that you need to get done. And, you know, you talked a little bit, Monica, about the mental load of just like another pair of shoes for the kids or everything, like writing it out and bringing it to them and saying, hey, this is what needs to happen this week for our family. And what can you take on? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, have that discussion. And I can see how that leads to full-on systems too, where you can look at that list and you can see here are the things that are regularly happening happening in our family. And which of these can we systemize together? Which of these things can you take over? Which of these things can we simplify or let go of as a family? I love that you said this leads, like the conversation with the spouse or the partner leads to creating systems because Mm -hmm. absolutely we should be brainstorming and involving our partners in creating more ease in our life and in our family systems. And I'm not, this could be like big overhauls of systems, but it could also just be little things that you just tweak. You know, Miranda Anderson, a friend of ours, she has a minimal meal plan she talks about where she literally has five meals that she repeats every single week for a season. You know, a lot of us talk about like Mondays will be breakfast and Tuesdays will be Italian or whatever, but she's like, no, even more systematized than that. She has five meals that she rotates and Mm -hmm. she knows that her family loves them and 
she knows how to make them and they're easy and she just rotates them. And that's an example of a really simplified system that you could have in your house. I really want my kids to start helping me around the house more. And that's not natural for them. I haven't been good about teaching them all along the way. And so it's a bit of a fight now that they're older. No judgment here. (laughs) That's the one who's like, I think they can tie their own shoes now. I'm like, oh, really? I know. I know. And it's just like, they can put their own clothes on. Oh, Okay. Or put them away or fold them. Yeah, exactly. Well, that leads right into my example. I really want my kids to be able to do their own laundry and laundry is actually not that hard. Like a kid can pour their hamper into the laundry, pour in the little cup or put in the little pod, turn it on, transfer it to the dryer. But where we would get stopped is the folding and putting away. Mm -hmm. And my son hates that part. And so I had to decide going back to the declutter your motherhood thing, like is having perfectly folded clothes more important to me or is having somebody else do this job more important to me? And I decided the latter, but I figured out a system for him. He has a dresser that has four drawers in it. I sat down with him and I said, okay, now you have a drawer for shirts, one for socks and underwear, one for short sleeves, one for shorts and one for pants. And so you literally pull it out of the basket, you shake it so that it's not super wrinkled and you lay it in the drawer and there's enough room. I mean, it's not very, it's it's not very like well fold. It's not um, a good use of space, you know, cause it's not like it fills the whole space, but just having, he can do that. And so that's a little system that took something off of me that can work for my son. What I love about the system example is that it's simple. A lot of times when we think about systems, we're thinking about very complicated, oh my extremely multi-stepped, <laughs> like Marie Kondo, like systems. Like, I like that you're like, no, like son, it has to be rolled and then, you know, placed ever such way. And no, like that's what the systems are. You still get to choose what that looks like. I would advise women to not go on Pinterest. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> look for systems. No, look yeah. at your own life and what's going to work for you. And I think so often yes. we do think like, I need to print out the pretty, the pretty chart with all the different Velcros and lamination. And then we get overwhelmed and we don't do any of it. I've been reading Greg McEwen's new book, Effortless. And he talks in there, his kind of key question is what if this could be easy? Okay. Yes. And he, yeah, I know. Right. And he says like, look at every single task in your life and ask yourself, what if this could be easy? What mm-hmm. would this look like if this were easy? What would I cut out, streamline if I believed that this was easy? Because he says we have this false dichotomy in our head where we believe that important equals hard. Yes, we do. And so we decide that anything that is important to us has to be hard and complicated. We're subconsciously deciding that. So we have to invert that and put it on its head and say, what if the most important things in my life could be easy, could be effortless and get really creative about systems that could work for that. And like I mentioned, brainstorm with people in your life. I think as women, we do things the way that we do them because we think that's the only way that it's done, or we think that's the way it's supposed to be done. And sometimes when we start talking to other women, we realize that there's lots of really good ways to get things done a lot more efficiently than we do them that we just haven't even considered yet. So asking a Facebook group that you're in or, you know, a group of moms that you're with at the park, how do you guys do this, this task at your house and always looking for how could I make this easy? Yes. And, and, and because when it's easy, then it's not going to be another should, it's going to be something that is 
something that requires low energy for you so you can actually do it and it becomes a habit, which actually helps you in the long run. And I have to tell people that this, this was like the most generous way for you to share with us what is truly meant to be like a five hour long workshop. Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. I mean, we go into a lot more detail, but yes, yes. Five hours long. So just know that what we did today was just try to introduce this to you. These concepts of one, it's okay for you as a mom to have fulfillment. It's okay for you to make room for yourself and your family and in what, and it's okay for you to let go of things and to simplify. And I think the last thing I want to make sure we hit on is, and you already talked about this. You said, I'm happier than ever. Well, what does mm-hmm. that mean? What does that look like? Like what's on the other side of just getting better at making room for yourself in your own family? Yeah. Well, I think that the important final step that we don't often think about in organizing a physical space is that after we get the clutter out, we there's room to add in the joy. So I think sometimes we think that like leaving the space super minimal or empty is the goal, but I don't think that's the goal. I think after I inventoried my closet and got rid of all the stuff I didn't like, I could see, oh, there's some big holes here Hmm. in my wardrobe. There's not much color here. I don't have anything I'm really that excited about. And I could fill in my wardrobe with the things that fit me that I loved. And I could gather those things. And it's also true for a life that after you declutter and get rid of the stuff that doesn't really matter to you, you can look at it and say, okay, I actually have room now what, what am I excited to add to my life? Is there a hobby? Is there Mm. a weekly book club I want to do with my friends or a dessert night? Or do I want to go to the park more with my kids? Cause I'm no longer home cleaning every square inch. You know, it allows you to bring the joy back in. Mm. And that's very much what has happened for me as I've gotten clear on what I wanted to let go of and the guilt and the shame and even the tasks around my home that I wanted to let go of. Mm-hmm. I've been given space to do those things. A lot of those things I just mentioned that really have brought daily fulfillment and bedtime stories. And I'm not super stressed out and, you know, connecting with my kids over and I'm not so done at the end of the day because mm. I've built a life that I love so that it can support me and my family. And that just really goes to the heart of why this all matters. When we have fulfillment, we are bringing ourselves to our families instead of demanding that they prove our worth to us, Mm -hmm. that they show like we did enough, that we're good enough. Instead, we, we can arrive to it differently. All right, Rachel, if people are listening and they just want to think of one way or they would love one way for them to get started, what Mm -hmm. would you advise them to do? I would start with that brain dump of shoulds on a piece of paper because you can't, like I said, you can't declutter something until you get it all out of the space that it's in. So start with the brain, the brain dump, look at it with someone that you love and trust and go through it and decide if there's things that you can get rid of or modify but just start by writing it down and looking at it. Okay. And this is our do something challenge for the week. I can't wait to see what women come up with and how they realize what what's really on, on their plate, both, you know, literally and and figuratively too. Rachel, this has been so fun. I want to make sure we point the listeners to two things. The first is your mini course that you have right now. That's free. Can you tell them about that? 
Yeah. I have a mini course that's all about learning how to love your motherhood as much as you love your kids. And so it's just a three day long mini course where I send a tool each day that has helped me to find joy and recapture the magic in my motherhood. So that's on my website at three and 30 podcast.com slash learn. learn. I learn. I believe I know because I've looked it up and I love it. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. We'll so make sure that. we link to that. Okay. And I think the, the last thing I want to mention is podcast you, because as you said earlier, this has been a big source of becoming for you and yes. fulfillment. And same with me, we've, that's been the best thing I've done. It's also been one of the hardest and I don't think I would have been able to do it without the things that we've learned over the past. Uh, oh Yeah combined almost nine years together. So tell them about what's going on with podcast you. Yeah. So we are running a big sale this month and this actually goes back to this, this decluttering your life. Monica and I are both in very, very full seasons of life right now with our families and with our podcasts. And we just realized that our courses about podcasting that we've been teaching for the last few years are an additional something that doesn't fit in our closets right now. And so we are going to close enrollment to those courses at the end of the month for a while. We don't know how long, but we really think this is kind of a last chance to get these courses and they are fabulous. So they really are. We are like, (laughs) we are sad that we have to close them, but we know it's the best choice for our families. And, but we want as many amazing women to join us as possible because we will obviously continue to be giving support to the women who are already in the courses. And if you like me have, you know, been finding this desire in you that you want to start a podcast or that you have one, but you want to grow it or you want to monetize it. We would love to help you. Our courses are specifically built around busy moms, how to podcast as a busy mom. So we would love for you to join us over at podcast you. And I think Monica has, will have a coupon code. Yeah. We have a 10% off any of our courses. It's about progress. One word, all caps. And I'll say the last thing on that is we give you all of our systems as part of it. We give you behind the scenes. We give you our systems. We give you scripts to use when you're pitching guests or when you are asking to go on another show. And when you're asking someone to sponsor your show, it's all there for you. And I think that's probably the biggest connection to what we talked about today is let us give you what's worked over our nine years almost yes, of podcasting. Absolutely. Well, Rachel, this has been phenomenal. I also want to make sure people follow uh, you on Instagram and we'll make sure that's linked in the show notes as well as your podcast. Tell, tell them where to go for your podcast. So my podcast is three in 30 takeaways for moms, three takeaways in a 30 minute episode. And I love it. So come hang out with me there. It's the best parenting motherhood podcast out there. And I am biased, but I am speaking the truth. So (laughs) thanks for taking the time with me, friend. Well, thank you. It's been fun. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. If you liked this episode, there's more where that came from because Rachel's been on about progress two other times. And both of those interviews are very popular episodes. So I have linked both of them in the show notes for you. Let's share the progress pointers from this episode. And this is where I share the notes that I took so you don't have to take them. And all subscribers on my Go Get Our newsletter get these each Thursday in a cute graphic that you can save on your phone to remember. Okay, the progress pointers are number one, 
When motherhood is so idealized and romanticized, we are set up to fail by all the shoulds. Two, making room for yourself in your life will not only help you thrive, it will help your family thrive too. Three, to simplify, start by taking inventory of all the things you have on your list, both literally and mentally. Four, next, ask yourself why those things are there, what you want to keep, and what you want to let go of. And five, finally, you can get practical in what and how to simplify. You can either put things down, ask for help, or systemize. Your do something challenge for this week is to write a brain dump of all the shoulds in your life. That was Rachel's first advice for you. As always, you can take the next steps if you're kind of riding that momentum wave, but to focus on the starting here, just set aside five or 10 minutes, even set a timer to get that initial brain dump down. And when you do this, share about it on Instagram with the hashtag do something challenge and make sure to tag me too, so that I can spotlight one of you in our weekly progressor spotlight. Speaking of which, this week, I want to spotlight the progressor Lauren from Lauren Chase 311 on Instagram. She had a retaining wall to build, and she said this about it. I didn't use motivation to do it. I used momentum. I was busy doing small tasks around the house, and instead of seeing this as a big job, I decided to make it a small task. I would do it for 15 minutes only, no burnout and no overwhelm. And I have to add that the pic she had of the wall is looking like the wall is coming along very nicely. So well done, Lauren. Way to create that momentum instead of relying motivation, which is an episode we did about two or three weeks ago. Before I go, one last reminder to not forget and check out our final sale with Podcast You. Thank you so much for listening, my friends, and for sharing the show too. Now, go and do something with what you learned today. I think we're having a lot of full circle moments right now. We just talked about like how we first recorded about four years ago and yeah. how so much has changed in our lives, but how so much has not yeah. too. <laughs> the first true. time Rachel was on the show, she was wearing an apron apparently. And right now she's wearing an apron and I was probably wearing pajamas when I interviewed you that first time. And you're, and, pa- I'm, and you're wearing I'm, them again. I'm wearing pajamas. So this is <laughs> it's great. true. You've taught this for years in, in your declutter, your motherhood. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. For some reason, it sounded wrong when I said it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.